हरिओं नमस्कार वेद्या अद्वैत चिंतन बे सर्वेशान स्वागत ओम नमो ब्रह्मादिभ्यो ब्रह्म विद्या संप्रदाय कर्तृभ्यो वंश ऋषिभ्यो महत्व्यो नमो गुरुभ्य वक्रतुंड महाकाय सूर्यपूडिश्रभ निर्विघ्न गुरमेदेशु सर्वदा शंकर शंकराचार्य केशव पादरायण सूत्रभाषिपत वंदे भगवंत ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेति मूर्तिवेद विभागिने व्योमवत्याय दक्षिणामूर्त नम so we decided that today we will have a open house question answer session we have covered a lot of subjects i mean for those who have been there with us from the beginning started with aparokshanubhuti we had dakshinamurti stotram then we had kenopanishad with shankaravash so we have aligned ourselves mainly with the advaita vedanta as explained by shankaracharya so we need to now decide as to what should be our methodology or approach to future studies and how do we go ahead and in that case what i am thinking i want you all to respond to that is what i thought is that we will go in the traditional route as how it will be done in a typical advaita ashrama or a traditional monastery where they teach advaita that method we will adopt so that we are very much in tune with the tradition not only that we also get to know the very basics of advaita as seen by shankaracharya and in his time how he has taken both the opposition and explanations for their questions becomes very clear in our mind so that in the process we will be able to develop a thought process which can be applied to our day to day life in in the application of advaita to our living like we all know that the purpose of spirituality or advaita particularly is to understand the truth of what is called the phenomenon world and which includes the individuals we who we are to know the truth behind that which will give us clarity as to what is the reality and what we can expect out of the life or what should how we should be able to overcome sorrows or afflictions from the day to day problems of life and as text specify the freedom from the bondage which we feel with our body mind and intellect with the world there is no other way nanya pandha vidyate ayanaya as the 
Upanishad says that there is no other way which one can adopt to free himself from the limitations what we are being free. As individuals we are being you know forced to believe that we are limited by space, time, causation and the limit of the body, the condition of the body, the limitation of the location and our limitation of sense organs to apprehend the world because light can see only a certain range, sound can hear only certain range and proximity only can give us the sensation of touch, taste, etc. Do we have a status or a reality beyond this? If at all it is there, where can we find it and how do we find it? This is how the Upanishad and the explanation by Adi Shankara helps us in finding out a method. But the journey will have to be done by the individuals. Even though the the teachings are very, very cryptic in nature and a lot of input has to be done by the listener according to the capacity. But when we do it a study like this and have a question answer session, some angles at which we do not see a problem or a question or an answer need to be found out can be heard when our colleagues put up these questions which will which we may not have your thought in that direction that is why these type of question answer sessions will be highly helpful for us to hone our capabilities to of thinking for the mananam or the the thought process which we are supposed to engage ourselves on a pradibodha vidita matam for every experience what we are going through. So keeping this in mind, I thought that as the traditional teaching is mentioned, uh, which my guru did to me, we will do the first four sutras of Brahma Sutra what is called the Chadusutri with Shankara Bhashya alone. There are multiple and many, many sub-commentaries for that, which we will not be entering to all those things because they are all highly, uh, what you call, sophisticated language and logic and analyzing the, you know, each word with their word meanings and intended meaning and the indicative meaning plus the logic behind it, why should that such a word be there, why not it be, you know, analyzed in a different mode. All those things are there in the sub-commentaries, which we don't want to get into because that is purely will be a jugglery or a uh, brain teaser who have deeper knowledge in Sanskrit. So I'm not intending to get into that, but as, as what Acharya Shankara wanted us to approach the reality, I'll stick to his Bhashya, which is in Sanskrit, 
there are English translations of it which I'll be also sharing with it but the explanation which I'll be doing will be based on the Sanskrit word and its intended meaning as per the Acharya and those who want to read extra can always go ahead and read there is no problem on that and they can come and ask if they have any doubt on that so from the next class I am intending to start the Brahma Sutra first four sutras which is called the Chatus Sutri or the four sutras of Brahma Sutra which has been very highly used by people who are in the what you call uh, traditional way because it summarizes the Advaita in one way or the other and those who have started with that is crystal clear as to what is the goal of our studies subsequently because most of the time what happens when we enter into a typical college or school study we do not have a goal or a target where we need to reach we just go through the rigmarole of each class what is being taught and what is the purpose of it where it is applied nothing is being questioned we just follow like a herd driven by the cattle the shepherd or whatever is that and where we are going we have no idea we completed first standard second standard tenth college pre-college or college or graduation and when then we are thrown into the world or outside open that is the time when we are forced to think what should be my career or my goal, life goal etc but in in this approach which is what we call it as Sampradayaga or traditional school is that they teach what is the goal first describe it and once once you know your goal is that whatever you are learning we can align it that whether it is taking me towards the goal or is taking me astray from that so this way we will get a better idea as to why we are learning these first four sutras because the four sutras are first one is what is called Athato Brahma Jitnyasa hence now the enquiry into Brahma now that their hence is there, four is there, the enquiry into Brahma all those things are detail explained then 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 what is the Brahman so the word Brahman is explained in the next sutra what is called Janmadhyasyadaha so Janma Adi Yasya so from where the creation existence and dissolution takes place that is defined as Brahma and that detailed description of that is there then if that is the case why is that this is taught in a particular way or this is explained in the third sutra which is called Shastra Yonitva the only place from where we can know about the existence of a such a thing as Brahman is only from the Shastra so Shastra is the is the what you call is the womb from where this particular 
existence of a such a thing is can be known in no other mundane teaching can give you that knowledge this is the third sutra and the fourth one is tattu samanyayat then there is a concomitance or how do we you know con- make a cons- consolidation or concomitance of the different aspects of teaching to know why how we should go further into this matter then the real sutra start after that that we are not getting into it. so once we do these four sutras in detail as per the shankaravashya we can then go to each of the upanishads ishakena kada prashna mundaka mandukya itriya taitriya brahada chandogya brahadaranyal and in between ishakena kada we can we should go and look into gita vashyam also this is the overall picture i have in my mind i want you people to respond on this plan first then we will open up for questions in general about what you have studied till now and any doubt which you have which you need clarification we can go ahead so what do you say about it Yes, Chandamodhya. We can't hear you, Chandamodhya. Yeah. Yes, now you can tell. You are unmuting but your voice is not coming. Maybe you have to restart your system or mobile. Because I am not going to share anything, so you can use your mobile also to log in. Now I can hear it. tell me okay shobha bhagni amodaya um also i'm not sure how to pronounce this but artemisia is it her audio is not on if you want to talk something yeah she is on the phone she can uh, she can unmute oh. and talk okay okay all right uh no uh, that sounds very good mohaya uh the four uh, first sutras of brahma sutra bhashya and then uh rama sutras and then so you you would like to go cover the upanishads after that including the kena again um kena so, i won't be repeating kena okay. i don't think i need to repeat because i have gone through the shankara bhashya yes. because actually speaking the system is like that isha and then kena but mm-hmm. i i purposefully did kena because i thought that will be the you know the basic questions which one should get in their mind before knowing where we should go no or what we are looking for and it Whereas was very isha, good. yeah isha is basically starting with the 
you know assumption that we know what we where we want to go that is why i had to take this four sutras before isha okay okay yeah about kena i just wanted to say that it was very helpful uh, starting with the pratibodha viditam matam and then they gave the example of uh, the flash of lightning also as an analogy that also is very helpful combined with the another analogy that uh, blinking of the eyes so together all the three are very helpful in uh, for daily practice okay and uh, there you mentioned a tadvanam iti so what, uh, what could you talk about that again why one of the names for brahma is tadvanam yeah tadvanam see what is what is uh, that is what does the bhashya says that which is explained as you know that vananiya means that what which need to be eulogized eulogized or you know ex- appreciated or ex- you know or we have to rise up to that see it is uh, it is that which you know like eligible for what you call the right word i'm not getting eulogy eulogy no not eulogy a better word will be to appreciate the greatness and the vastness of that is vananiyam means it is it is the only one in the whole knowledge ambit which is deserving that type that type of an appreciation or you know looking up to to solve all the problems or solve the so give the right understanding because it is jnana swarupa it is the knowledge in in essence and the being and knowing are not different so nothing more than that can be you know surpassing that to take a higher pedestal therefore that is tadvana hmm. okay thank you um so you were talking about upadesha sahasri also mohaya um Upadesha Sahasri is similar to Aparoksha Anubhuti, only thing is that it's slightly more expanded compared to Aparoksha Anubhuti. Okay. Uh, that what will is be it? more useful yeah, for the beginners. No? Like instead, immediately we should have done it. Immediately after Aparoksha Anubhuti, we should have taken Upadesha Sahasri before going to any of those things. Okay. what is the traditional approach mohodaya in advaita as you are saying in uh, traditional schools um, in in the real in the real, real traditional schools first they teach is vyakarana grammar sanskrit grammar hmm. then after sanskrit grammar they teach nyaya and vaisheshika because hmm. the logic of questioning and inquiry into the matter details and all those things. in the same same way along with nyaya vaisheshika there is something called kalpas this thing what you call nirukta 
Nirukta is the etymology of words which is there in the Mimamsa. So Nirukta plus Nyaya if one if the traditional with the Vyakarana or the grammar, that student becomes capable of thinking and analyzing of the word etymology and that see there are words in as per the Shastra is concerned. Word per se Shabda has got Shabda and Artha. Shabda Artha also is there. Artha means there are two things in. One is the material which is being conveyed by the word. It can be emotions, feelings, thoughts or objects or anything can be. But there is also something called a meaning for that. Suppose if you are taking a word like say a flower. Mm-hmm. Now, the object flower is conveyed by the word pushpa. Now, the word flower doesn't mean that it is just an object flower what is being there. When the usage of flower is used as flowering and etc. in a sentence, it is not becoming a flower. There the word meaning can be different. It is maybe to, you know, enhance the capacity of the knowledge. These type of Indian meaning, what we call Lekshyartha or the Shabdartha. This will be known only if, if we know the construction of the word. What is the in, intention behind the speaker? in using a particular word. Why not an alternate word? This, if you want to know, you should know Nirukta and Vyakarana. In the absence of that, we have no, no, no choice but to depend upon what Acharya Shankara has written and he has explained it. Because otherwise, after Shankaracharya, Ramanuja wrote Bhashya on that, Abharma Sutra, Madhua wrote it, Vallabhajarya, and many others have also written on that. If Shankaracharya has explained everything, why? what was the necessity for others to go on explaining the same sutras again and again? Because each one of them had a different way in which looking at the same construction of the words. This is what is called the traditional approach when they teach not only the Vashya, they also take the sub-commentary, they take Bhamati of Vachaspati Mishra, Vivarana of Vivaranakara, then uh, then they have Anandagiri Tika, like that then, uh, you know, Vallabhajarya, Sri Vashya, all those Vashyas are being given so that they, the student in a traditional ashram is given the way in which questions can come from the public at large. Because everybody will not be trained in the Shankara Advaita methodology. There may be people coming from the dualistic, you know, uh, Dvaita Dvaita or Vishishta Dvaita or he can be even the you know, the Buddhist or even the materialist Charvaka 
and there can be even nastikas who do not even believe in any of these things these type of people can be there in when you are doing a satsanga or a or a, or a typical discussions when you do it so to answer them those who are getting trained in the ashram should have all the armory in their hand so they are being taught in all those things but what they will even, even there what happens is that some of the students find alignment with you know dwaita 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 philosophy or vishishta dwaita and they will leave that ashram and they'll go to other ashram where the vishishta dwaita or dwaita is being taught because they themselves are aligning more towards that same way people from the dwaita or vishishta dwaita those who do not readily accept you know the blindly accept that those philosophies they may come to advaita ashram also of trying to find out more what is shankara's way of approach to that so this cross transfer of students in the ashram must take place because it is them it is the what makes meaningful to you is what you should follow so that by that way the ashrams are quite open and they don't have any log any fight or loggerhead with you it is those who have half baked information who fight in the marketplace not those who have done the traditional studies hmm. that is that the is, excellence of this teachings yeah. sorry you are saying something um no no that is why we should know the word and word meaning not only from the point of view of uh, you know the traditional but in as you said if you are to go find the traditional thing then i may have to open an ashram and have to have a full others also as teachers with vyakarana nirukta and nyaya to teach the students completely that is that is a full fledged job not a one day evening class <laughs> <coughs> no i just wanted to know what the traditional approach was and i i understand why they start with uh, vyakarana and uh, nirukta and all that because as a vyakarana student it has really helped me in uh, understanding right. this um, all the teachings that you have taught so far in a in a you know uh, different way than uh, so if possible i think uh, everyone should take it up also if possible i, I know yeah. that uh, you know it doesn't always work out that way so yeah that's why the typical uh, shloka is there no ananda veda bahuvetitavyam alpascha kalo bahavascha vigna yat sarabhutam tat upasitavyam yadahamso shirambu mishram that is Ananda Veda there is millions and millions of books even in Advaita bahuvetitavya there is multiple many things to be studied but what is the problem alpascha kala we have life lifetime is very limited and in the lad bhavascha vigna there are multiple hindrances because we have to make a living we have to work we have to attend to office work or household work or study so the time to get available for pursuing this is very limited so the the shloka says yat sarabhutam tat upasitavyam so take what is the nectar 
or the crux of the whole teaching in what is given in these books instead of studying all the books in detail an example is being given that uh, no the swan which is capable of taking out the milk solid from the milk water mix and leaving alone the water outside you know that is what is example has given so we should also only look at the crux of the advaita what is being taught and once this um, it is my from personal experience i am saying once you have a firm footing on advaita way of approach of life then whether you listen to the dvaita vishishta dvaita or marxism or communism or you know materialism or any of them you can see where it is coming from what is the basis on which these questions are coming from mm. so you are established in dvaita so you know that how to evaluate and how to respond to that true true yeah you actually see the same tattva behind all of that yeah but then they have not understood it fully so there is they are thinking that aspect only is right right hmm. yes it's it's just uh, as i was saying the excellence of these teachings is that they're so universal so that they don't turn away anyone and yeah using any one of these you can still teach and uh, uh bring a student to that point and thank you modaya for taking us through this journey and continuing to take us through journey answering all our questions making it clearer and clearer um thank you so much yeah one thing which i want to tell you that i am doing this for my own benefit when i am doing this it is making me to do homework prepare myself and that way i am revising what i have studied plus whenever a question comes from you any any type of question for that matter when it comes it it is like a nididhyasanam or mananam for me because then i have to think from why should that question should arise first and foremost second thing is that from which point if i answer will that question make uh, the answer to that question will make you know meaningful to the questioner the one who asked the question and then how can i align that to advaita and uh, to give a direction for answer to look from a advaitic perspective so that way i get benefited that is why we in the in the tradition we say that you no know, swadhyaya pravachanabhyam na pramaditavyam in the swadhyaya means self study and pravachana means in teaching to others na pramaditavyam you should not have a pramada or or ena you know, laziness or you know what some sort of a comfort level no it should be taken as a main task for you so both study and teaching will only improve one's own standing Hmm. Yes, Chandu Modia, you were you are able to talk now. Can you hear me now, Modia? Ah, yes. Now I can hear you. Okay. 
No, I was saying like, uh, you know, your proposal is definitely you know, welcome, actually. Uh, uh, I think last time we discussed about the Brahma Sutra. And uh, when we started with Aparokshanabhuti, uh, uh, definitely I was yes, you know, yes. oh, very, very beginning level and uh, struggling a little bit. But uh, as we moved further uh, uh, with uh, Dakshinamurti Strotram and uh, this kind of Nishad, uh, I think those, when I read those things back again, it makes more sense, no? more clear rather. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so, uh, so I would definitely welcome your proposal and uh, part of it to go further. Okay, that's great. I'm happy it's benefiting you. I know it's very well, Mode. Particularly when I go back and read those uh, no notes uh, taken during class. Uh, that time it was not, no, uh, I could not understand that much more rather. But now it mm -hmm. makes more sense and uh, more adaptable, uh, more implementable rather no, sometimes. Uh, it takes little uh, no, hard efforts because uh, we, uh, in, the, in the routine we forget. And uh, again, uh, come back to those uh, stuff. Uh, Particularly when uh, yes. something, uh, un, uh, no, uh, emotions go high, uh, when it calm down, okay, so we try to see that, okay, how, why it has happened, no, but analyzing those situations, now it is very helpful, actually, that is what I see. But you should not hesitate to ask the questions if it is not clear also. No, no, it's clearer, but uh, no, it's not yeah. like a... Uh, to absorb that one is clearer, but uh, absorbing inside as a part of the no, uh, our own thought process, sort of, it takes little mm. tough. So, understood, but uh, no, to make it a part of our uh, routine thought, sort of, you know, as you we talked in the Sanskrit class, sort of. Okay, so our thought process is still uh, maybe English, but uh, so conversion happens, so similar like that way. So okay, it, good. It should go as a part of the thought, then uh, we don't have to worry much. Uh, rather. True, yeah. true. That's right. Then you will not. Any questions? Sorry, I couldn't find my <laughs> the right button. No, no questions. I like very much what you okay. said about that. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I liked what you said about... I can hear you. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like what you said about the goal first and not just being like a herd of cattle and having a focused approach and going into Brahma Sutras. That all sounds really good. And I don't have any questions. <laughs> Okay. That's nice. Thank you, sir. Atamisha. Levati, Srinivas, yes. Levati. Namaste, Vindaji. Can you hear me? Namaste. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Oh, I'm very eager to join the journey of Vedanta, Vindaji, with the guidance of the Guru like you, Vindaji. And the thought is, the thought of these all the Upanishads and uh, Brahma Sutra is very beautiful in the shape. Okay, great. Yes, 
Yeah, anything else? And any, any questions or any doubts on you? Anything which you want to ask? Uh, yes, Bindaji. The Here, the prana is a very subtlest thing, no, Bindaji? Yeah. Prana, see, mana, mana, mana. no, see, the, the word prana, depending upon where it is used, we have to understand that. Some places prana is used as atma, some where it is used as life, some places where it is used as the, you know, the vital breath. So, depending upon the context under which it is being questioned, we have to say the reference to the place where you are asking that question, then it will become this thing, because the Upanishads, you, see those days what happened is that they, they were more like the rants of those who realized masters. They did not give much importance to the using a particular word. So when they you went meant prana means can be atma, prana can be as I told you, you know, the Pajja Prana or you know, the the life in the body, etc. Everywhere you know the word prana has been used. Same way Atma also, the word can be used as Atma and Brahma as identical or Atma as Jivatma and as a you know, in the individualized Atma, or sometimes Atma is used as also the the ego or the individual in the sense that the same word can be used. So that is why when we pick up a book and start studying it that unless you have been explained with the reference to the teachers who have been taught by their teachers, we do not know exactly what is the word meaning we should pick up there. Just having an English, Sanskrit English dictionary and if you try to find an answer, you may be misled by it because the multiple meanings will be given under the dictionary. Which one will you pick up? That will be a difficult thing which you have to, one will find. So, so the prana which depends upon where you are asking or which text are you referring to, you will to be specific when you are asking that question. Uh, no, Bindaji, here the Indra is uh, um, representing the mana, but he understands and he goes near the Brahman. He, and mm. he could catch by a little of that Brahman, but prana couldn't do that, why at all? Prana was uh, very subtlest and very near to the consciousness. So I thought, like that, that. is, <coughs> yeah. So you should say that you will see that in that particular story of uh, in this third and fourth section of uh, Kenopanishad, all the indriyas are coming in contact with Brahma, that light, resplendent light, but they are not getting an answer for their we can't hear you more there like that all indicative saying that our sense organs individually are actually in contact with Brahman whenever they are in touch with the world outside. 
This is exactly what the mantra themselves says. No pradibodavidhitamadam. That also is saying the same thing. But what happens is that you need the knowledge of Brahman to come from the inner in antakarana or the mind intellect complex. There where the Indra is being represented by that. And the Indra also cannot directly comprehend it. Because it is not an object per se to be comprehended by the mind or the intellect. That is where the Vidya or the Devi as a as a knowledge embodiment explains what that light is, not you know, giving the experience of the light. The experience of the light is there for the karna. Even when it was this thing there, no? Through the sense organs, they are already having the contact with the mind and the intellect will be contacting. But to decipher that, you need the knowledge. That is why the story is given like that. Okay, thank you. Mahadaya, <clears throat> a question there. So, at the end yeah. of this story, uh, Indra just became prepared to realize the self. Is that right? Indra dropped his ego. Uh-huh. He meditated upon that to know what it is. He was not willing to give up and go back saying like the fire or the vayu. Uh-huh. When he meditated upon that, what was that he was trying to intellectually or from, from the manana in the didya sign, he was trying to find out the intellect and the karana. That is the time when the knowledge rises in the mind, in the intellect. The intellect and mind are not different, two or different, the same thing, andakarana. And in the andakarana, when the jnana when the knowledge rises, in the knowledge, we understand what is the reality. The knowledge, the, the andakarana cannot comprehend it. That is why it was it vanished. Uh, that's what I was asking. Huh. Yeah. Because, because in, he's in representing the, the antakarana. Uh, and antakarana. The antakarana it cannot antakarana cannot comprehend that Brahma. Uh, Only when when it was started meditating and manana nididhyasana being done by the antakarana the knowledge arises in the form of that Uma Devi, one who comes and says that Tad Brahma Iti. And what did she say that? It is that Brahma which was behind for the success. Means the success of the sense organs in understanding the knowledge about the world outside is not because the eyes can see. Mm-hmm. But this will come in the 8th chapter of the Chantogya Upanishad, which I am taking tomorrow in the clubhouse, where it says that, you know, the eyes can see the object. That means it is coming in contact with the world of objects. But it need not necessarily see the object, eyes per se, unless the chakshusha chakshu, the eye of the eye, is also in tune with the eye. 
then only the vision or the understanding what is known as seeing takes place. When we are open with our eyes, how many objects are coming and going in front of our eyes? How many of them are getting noticed? Hmm. Only the this is exactly that why the focusing is being done by the not by the eye it is just like the torch whichever direction you rotate it will it will illumine that one but when 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 you see a path then you will focus on to the path and then you start walking no uh-huh. that way all the sense organs focusing the the one which making the sense organs as folks focus on to the a particular object there is a power behind the sense organs that is why chakshusha chakshu vachoha vacham pranasya pranaha or shrotrasya shrotram manaso manoyat all those things are being told by that only that there is that which has the knowledge when it operates through the sense organs the knowledge of the individual with the knowledge present in the object comes in unison to become the object become known the object assume that it is a non existent object then you don't get the knowledge what you get the knowledge is non existence only not the existence knowledge of the object so that is where the difference lies in the whole the story is only indicative but we need to do a you know why the story has been included in the upanishad is with the purpose because it is talking about the sense organs and the pratyasmat lokat amrita bhavanti that is the benefit of that having known this reality when identifying that individual will no more identify i am the seer i am the hearer i am the one who is enjoying i am the doer all those ideas will drop that is what is called the preti preti asmat lokat lokat means the world of objects when that is being abandoned and the establishing oneself in that source with which the sense organs or the mind or the intellect was working when abiding in that pratyasmat lokat and such a person becomes amrita bhavanti he becomes immortal because he knows that that is one which is my true nature which has never become diminished or increased or decayed decayed or gone through any of the changes all throughout my life even though the sense organs the body the location the objects the taste space time everything has been changing there is a changeless one behind it that is what is called amrutatva this was a changes mrutti upanishad mahodaya in, in uh, it gave the tools to understand what you have always told us to analyze every experience um yes so 
now they are telling you know with these uh, analogies that uh, there is a flash and then so srishti as you said happens every moment and then it has to be with the awareness and then the awareness is covered and see that we see the objects only so always remembering that that awareness is there as as it said here as the flash and then uh how do <clears throat> i'm not um, probably saying it in a proper way so it is said that there is the veiling of the reality first and then the projection and every moment that's what happens so that yes. is what they have tried to illustrate using this this story and uh, taking the sense organs as the indra indra as the antakarana and then uh, the vayu and agni and all that uh, so leading back to that uh, shloka pratipoda vididam matam amrutatvam hi vindate so what uh, needs to be done is to just remember this process that is remember that this process is happening every moment is that yes 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 so okay. one question there no there when when mm. you say everything Tell. is happening in the antakarana uh and again it probably has many meanings there antakarana is that uh, space it, we can call it where everything is happening and that is in the awareness uh, can you uh, explain it a little bit more what, what antakarana means in the awareness okay now imagine your house in your house based on your location and the space you anchor yourself there and you have approach to the whole world because you are anchored in your house the whole space whether you travel to india or whether you travel uh, any country and all those things you have access to all the space and the time in that around that but your anchor will be always at your your house because with anything when you think there is a time and space limitation then you fall back to your house for you know that is the place where you are at home mm-hmm. this exactly happens when you look at your body also all your sense organs can go in the waking to within its own limits in the dream it goes beyond what the sense organs can go in a different world or even places which you can't even think or or imagine and all experiences are being brought but in all these happening there is the i which is resorted back by all activity at the end of the activity at the end of the activity yes at the end of the activity where will you anchor yourself mm. before you go for a next activity i see that anchoring is called the antakarana even though antakarana per se is not limited by 
the physical body because mind if it is traveling the experiences are happening different places if the antakarana is located only in, in a, suppose if your antakarana is located only in your physical body when the mind travels or when the thoughts travel to different places the experiences of that different time and space is still being experienced internally is what we feel it but actually speaking our mind also travels along with that thoughts to wherever it is so you cannot physically confide it into our physical body true so it is not only in the dream but even in the thoughts when we are somewhere else um yes. we are not actually in the body at that time are we right we right are we are not in body we don't realize that we think we are doing it for right. this body but we aren't actually sometimes we yeah. forget the body when we are daydreaming yes so at that so that should tell us that that body is not real so antakarana doesn't mean it is inside the body right there the anda means the end of the instrument of knowledge mhm end of the instrument of knowledge yes karana antakarana karanasya antah right mm-hmm. the end of the instrument with which you measure the experiences mm. okay that is one explanation the other explanation is that when you cannot place it in any space and time yet your experiences are happening so where do you where will you place it <laughs> hmm you have no locus where you can place it no yeah so you so cannot we, really why say why do we keep coming back to this this body as our anchor because the it is just like why we go to the power station for the energy whichever house we stay we are linked to the power house no for our energy oh. <laughs> right mm-hmm. yes so we need to get rid of that thought that that is the yeah. anchor it's not the anchor you see this 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 way we should think about it ourselves it is the i always tell this in my all all my lectures is that unless when the lectures when you are hearing it please understand we are not talking about something lying in the sky or some somewhere else and everything it is talking about ourselves so if you do not apply it on to you and experiment it on you you will never realize it in yourself it is not that i am talking about a, a, a great wall of china which is in china nor about a leaning tower of pisa in P- italy or a pyramid in egypt they are all located in different places here we are talking about the very essence of what we are all it is with each one of us so when it is being explained we should 
apply to ourselves and try to locate where we are feeling that explanation is resolved into. This is what called Swamshi Karanam. It is Swamsham. It is our part. It is being taught to us as some part of us which is there in this body, which is the source of all knowledge. Through the skin, hearing, touching, smelling, tasting, seeing, whatever may which we can expose a world outside. But a part of us in this body is the anger from where the, all these places, all these instruments are getting the potency to function. So when we are talking about it, if you don't resolve it to that, can we say it is located in the heart? or the touch, if it's in the, leg, on the end of the foot or the top of the head? No, we cannot. This makes us feel that it is not exclusively limited in the body because experiences when it is there down from outside the body experiences like the dream etc. also, there is the vastness of this source available everywhere. Mm. So, if we foolishly think it is in the physical body, then we are lost it. But at the same time, if we anchor it to that source of knowledge or knowing, which is not limited to any physicality, in that activity itself, it is present. So, when we are asked to do this Swamshi Karanam means, it is to de remove the qualifications of happening to identify the knowing entity or the source of knowledge in every experience. This is what is called the Pratipoda Vidhidam. So the Indriyas, the senses, sense organs are acting independently, uh, independent of the physical body. Otherwise, we would not have any other experience. Yes. We won't have the dream experience, we won't have the daydream experience, thought experience, uh, because the body isn't there. So, yes. So, apply it to ourselves and try to locate where is the I existing for that experience for me to say I am. I am seeing, I am hearing. In that experiences, where is the I who is seeing, who is hearing, etc. I am not the instrument. I am not the eyes, not the ears. I am not the mind where it is, it is getting united. But I am there, not here in this body. If I am here alone in this body, an object which is outside, miles away or distance away, how do I have a feeling that I am knowing it? So, therefore, we can con conclude that I is everywhere. This is what is called Manana. You have to do that. Logically, I can explain it, but experientially, individually, we have to do it ourselves. Each one of us have to experience that. It is not like writing a notebook or you know, a piece of paper and you, and you read it, you don't write it. It is not that what is going to end up with it. This is a topic 
about talking about our own knowingness or experience or beingness. And it cannot be written down to see it externally. It has to be internalized and experienced. That is why Avrata Chakshu Amrudatta Michan. That word, by turning the vision inward or looking inward, he saw that source of knowledge or knowingness which is now not located in one place. Sarvam Khalu Idam Brahma. So everything, everywhere it goes. Yes. Any, any what is your mistake? It also depends upon one's own receiving, that is the grasping capacity also. Kalumukode. Yeah. That is that is uh, Chitta Shuddhi or Adhikari Veda is because of that. A person who has never heard Advaita will not be able to understand that. That is why we have that. Prakarana Grandha of uh, Aparokshanagudi in the beginning, then we took a bit of, you know, Dakshnamurti Sotram because I wanted to touch upon that Dijas Yanguruva Chikaditam Pranirvikalpam Puna. Then all those five, first five, uh, first eight Stotras are very indicative as to where you should look for it. Then Kano Upanishad is the thing. So now what we are going to do is we will know what is the goal when we read the learn the first four sutras of Dharma Sutra with the Shankarabhashya. That is what is we are going to start with. The Adhyasa Bhashya, Sajnatato Brahma Jitnyasa, Shastra Yonitvat, and all those things and Tattva Samanyaya. All those things, Janmadhyasyada, second mantra, second sutra, all those things will be covered. So we have a clear picture as to this is what the whole Advaita is in a nutshell which we want to now understand. Once that is completed, we will go to Ishavasya with Shankaravasya. The second one is Kena Upanishad, we are completed. So I am not going to repeat that. Then we will go to Katha Upanishad, Shankaravasya. And then we will deviate and touch upon Bhagavad Gita before coming to Prashna Upanishad. So that way, I don't know when we will reach those destinations, but at least let us start from the Tatusutri. Yes, thank you, Srinivas. And uh, I'm very delighted to for the coming events because uh, now that you have described the whole planet is going to be extremely beautiful. My one question was because you just uh, when you just bought this concept of uh, the Antakarna which is outside the body also. So now my question has become diverted that uh, I want to say that without using the Vivarika or the outside body or without the senses or something. 
can you try to explain if the even the antakarna which is which is an appearance in the meta layer how does that appearances get form but if i but i don't want you to go in the vivarika and use the words body mind also so is there a way where we can try to understand how the antakarna is formed antakarna you have that's what i say that antakarna is present in with you as the moment your individuality starts the i iness which we call it as ego or individual not the egoism or egotism or whatever maybe that word i'm not talking about that the individual the feeling of i the moment the awareness functions through the antakarana that is the place where the i is first propping up now can you locate where that i is propping up it is present in waking it is present in dream it is present in deep sleep but in the deep sleep we do not know where the i is there whether the antakarana is there or we have no knowledge of anything of that sort so it is a very difficult area and there is no anubhava no experience of deep sleep it is the absence of experience which we call it as deep sleep so it will be difficult to resolve it into the deep sleep state but in the dream and the waking word when the moment before any experience the i has to be preconditionally present without any adjectives i'm not talking about the world or anything even before you get up from your sleep you feel that i am now there getting up from sleep so the i is the first one which comes up where does that i can you locate it that is the place called antakarna and and when do you in deep sleep in the deep sleep that experience uh, is not there therefore the i is also not there because the i and that world we only when the experiences come otherwise the world is gone and when the world is gone the i is also gone that is why the brahma sutra bhashya will explain to you when it comes to that yushma tasmat pratyaya gojarayo vishaye vishaye you know when it starts that opening sentence itself is a is a real nuclear bomb for the brains it will scatter it in such a way that you will not be able to find a resolution easily unless when shankara starts explaining it in the subsequent sentences because the first question for the first statement itself is a question by an opponent so in deep sleep there is neither the i nor the nor the what you call antakarna okay right. yeah but, but the impersonal self is there yeah bindu ji my second purpose or uh, my other purpose of uh, reading this 
again with you Kano Upanishad was to know that even in the meta layer one can see with his what you say with his seeing power that he is not the experiencer and he is not the experiencing and both of the events are going on and on mm. with him being the just the seer of both the events at the same time which is which is the reality at some point of this metal what do you mean Sorry. by metal layer so it is not actually the metal layer because parmarth is like uh, for it to be existing there has to be an ego to so at that layer i understand there is no ego to even watch what is happening there is only that light which is shining which is uh, which is seeing the world everything right so, but at one layer of reality we can still say that you can so maybe that is a layer between the vivarika and parmarthika where you can and it is not pure parmarthika so it is a layer where we can see the experiencer and the experiencing now your philosophy or anyone any advaita philosophy where they will go is they will further they will say that the atman is the ultimate watcher and uh, so when i uh, i won't be able to see the atman because then again i have to be uh, separate from it and uh, but this layer of reality here we can still deduct to see the experience and the experiencer so do you have any thing to say about this see that's what i'm saying without referring to the external world to to identify the the knower the awareness behind the knowing of everything is impossible because awareness by itself can never be known by awareness itself that is as good as climbing to you try to climb on your own shoulders you can't do that because you you need something different from that awareness to become aware of something else that is why the world of experiences for us to know that the awareness what is our nature is awareness the world of experiences the world is not separate from the awareness at the same time it appears to be different separate and those who forget that awareness is the projecting everything for that we have the dream experience so that we know that in the dream there is nothing other than that awareness which is projecting as the dreamer and the world of dream is exactly what should be analyzed in the waking also so this is why when you say that without using the experiences the awareness can never be explained because the awareness without the experiences it is not called awareness it is called a being in the being the awareness of being itself is awareness there is nothing other than that i don't know whether you understood what i am saying no i understand that 
but any space in the th- space or a gap and before a thought can there be any those are all methodologies that's yeah. all methodologies which are some people are using it but there is no no gap no this no thought before no thought after it is just like you know trying to find initially sharpen the mind to think about it so in the so that sharpness of the mind is what is required to analytically discern what is not the reality that becomes very difficult because we are identification with the physicality or the individuality so naisargika or part of our experience when they be begin it so to think beyond that it is not possible unless there is the sharpness of the intellect that is why all these techniques like thinking the gap between the thoughts actually speaking is there any time when you are not aware no no ah. so where is the gap you are looking trying to look for there is no gap that is a buddha bautas what they chadiga vijnanavadin who brought in that subject thinking that the knowing of the object is vijnana no knowing the object is a what you call vritti what we call it in our prakriya advaita prakriya or the shastra way of called vritti vritti is a thought so thought will be of object objects will change but the observer of the thought will never change it is always present he knows the gap between the two also but that gap cannot be known by the knower because he doesn't even look at the gap because it is what you call tailadharavat is the what it is the mention it like a oil flowing down there is no gap in it it is a, it will look like as if it is a straight rod which is the when the oil is being poured down same way there we is no gap between one thought and another thought to look between the thoughts no what you are looking between is when you are changing from one object to another object but initial stages those who are not conditioned with the thought process to them it will help because they were not even thinking from that point of view so for that point of view it will help them to understand okay oh technically there may see that yes there is a gap between one thought and another thought but ideally speaking there is no difference because that no the one who knows the thought is also there always all the time so the thoughts in between the knower cannot know himself because without the thought he is not not a knower how can he be a knower without a thought he knows the thought because of that he says he is called a knower now when he is in himself he is not called a knower he is called a being the being knows himself but it is not a knowing in the like how we know an object or a thought
श्रीनिवास हाँ नमस्ते बिंदा जी थैंक यू वेरी मच वेरी एक्साइटेड दैट यू यू आर गोइंग टू टेक चतुष्टी नेक्स्ट रियली थैंकफुल बिंदा जी आई थिंक द Five hours, four hours. We get to listen to you every week. It's really precious, and I really, I'm very thankful. It is real blessing. I think your, of course, I mentioned it many times. You keep it very clear, and uh, yeah, it gives us a lot of confidence that we can also follow the path you followed, and uh, we can also uh, like, yeah, you give us a lot of courage. So at least for me, I, I get a lot of courage. Thanks for that. Like, really precious four five hours you spend with us. Thank you. Thank you, Srini. So, what we'll do is, I'll send out the uh, handouts and the email before next Tuesday. So, next Tuesday, let us start the Adya Savasya or the beginning of Brahma Sutra and the four sutras, the Shankara Varsha. We will do it. So we will uh, will not hurry through. We will take it very slowly and explaining everything in detail. And uh, let us complete that before we go to the next one, because that itself will. I don't know how long it will last. Okay. Any other questions? Bindaji, I don't have a question, but I just wanted to say yes. your answer to Yes's question. Your answer to Yes's question was really, really well. Well said. Thank you so much. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Jayanandini. शांति 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 हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओम थैंक यू धन्यवाद